0: G'day Graveyard Shifts fans and welcome to the final episode of season 2020 and it is Premiership glory for the Melbourne Storm. For the sixth time we lift the NRL Premiership Trophy. What a match it was. Unbelievable effort, blew them away in the first half, held off from the late charge from the Penrith Panthers, the minor premiers, a team that have been on an incredible winning streak. That is the strength Courage, guts and determination of this mighty Melbourne storm side. Pride of Victoria, pride of Melbourne. They've been travelling vagabonds all year round and now, mate, they are Premier's. Pole man, how good was it? It was a fantastic night. We've calmed down a little bit now, but I've got to tell you, the excitement and the nerves combined on Sunday evening. I was glad I had a couple of beers and then a couple of quick nips of scotch after the game to settle myself down.
1: Yeah, Dubs, we've done it. We brought the trophy back home. We had everyone against us, all of Sydney against us. Although we had Queensland probably with us, so thanks Queensland. Um, but yeah, we had we had every every journalist and their dog against us. Um, but we still pulled it pulled it together. Living away from home. I mean, I think one thing I thought of yesterday or today, you know, I think on on this podcast, one of our early episodes, I said something about living on the Sunshine Coast and. Maybe that was going to, you know, wear, wear some of our players down. But it really brought our team together. They really galvanised. And like Cam Smith, they showed up every day with a good attitude, although some of them I'm sure it was difficult. But, um, yeah, what a fantastic performance. Um, yeah, it, yeah, great. I just don't know what else to say. It was, um,
0: yeah, fantastic. Well done Look, to I'm everyone involved. Completely right. And it is an incredible team whole team effort whole club effort that includes the squad the coaching the support staff keep in mind that it's we obviously think mostly of the players because the spotlight's on them the pressure's on them but don't forget every member of the support staff had to be living within that bubble as well so there are enormous implications uh for for just about everybody involved in the extended football department of the club who has to be on top of these things it it would have put enormous strain on all of them and they've earned a very long and very restful break for all of this. They've earned a bit of a celebration too, which if you've been watching Instagram stories, you know that the, the players have certainly been enjoying, but I just wanted to say it, it's credit to the fact that, look, I don't know, it, it's easy. It's an easy point for me to make. I don't know if we could have possibly kept this kind of galvanized disciplined performance if we didn't have uh, a great experience coaching, Craig Bellamy, an exceptional uh, experienced leader in, in Cameron Smith. And then the, the, their lieutenants, guys like the Bromwich brothers, Finucan, um, other natural leaders in the squad, Cam Munster, you know, players who, who just ensured that that kind of commitment and dedication continued through the whole uh, season and into the final series. And you know, I don't know when this team really started to believe that a premiership was an option or possibility in season 2020, but you can tell they've been very, very focused for really since lockdown um, was lifted and... And they never lost their focus and attention, even after um, they got kicked out of Albury, moved out of Melbourne, uh, played out of Sydney for a while, and then, of course, had to finally settle on the Sunshine Coast. Just one for the ages, this season 2020. Yeah. That, the win last night was a, was a brilliant performance, particularly in the first half, um, but it's the culmination of an exceptional effort and a really credible culture that they've built in this Melbourne Storm side. So just yeah. such a great, well-deserved victory. You know, you said, you don't know when they started to believe. Oh, I
1: still remember distinctly the moment I started thinking a Premiership was on the cards. You know, obviously we had that shaky start after the restart. I think we lost two of our first three, maybe four games. Um, it was that win against the Roosters. Uh, the Talking about, obviously, the Golden Point thriller um, that we somehow pulled out of the bag. Like, I thought that game was gone for all money, yet we somehow... I thought then I thought we had a one, and then Flanagan kicked that goal, and... And Paps got that field, like, it was just the craziest game. And after that game, like, I really thought, right, we got a team that can challenge this year again. Um, so for me, that I think, and I think for the players too, that was a big win against the reigning two-time premiers. Um, and I think that was that was a big turning point in our season, I thought, that, that uh, win against the Roosters. Um, after that, I think we only had that one loss to uh, Parramatta. But I'm sorry, the dragons as, well, dragons as well. Dragons in the last round, um, and then yeah, we 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 really yeah for me that that was the big turning point.
0: Uh, Completely, yeah. I'll just reinforce that by pointing out uh, revisiting a statement that we made at the time in our analysis that the losses to Power and St George. Uh, aside we well we were competitive in those games as well we were actually leading most of that st george game at the end and we were playing a b team in that and the para game we were obviously desperate for points but we were decimated by injuries kenny Bromwich led the side that day because we we're missing our first three choices for captain um, which would which tells you something uh, four choices actually if you probably include cam munster in that but anyway uh, i digress there, we, we talked about the need to get the team primed at the right time and we hit exactly the the awesome problem that i wanted to have Although there is a sad note to it, uh, that we had pretty much everybody that we wanted to have fit was available, even getting Dalfunukin back in the side for the prelim, and then obviously he wasn't going to lose that spot for the granny. Of course, that did mean that guys who had played a pivotal role through periods of the season, your Paul Momorovsky's Riley Jacks, um Eisenhower, Tommy Eisenhower. So he was unlucky? Oh, very unlucky. Of course, they, there's always unlucky and sad, unlucky stories. And those guys were it because it's sometimes it's just the timing of your injury when you lose your place in the side and and when the person who comes in takes it, if that person and we would look at like a Brenko Lee and Nico Hines guys who uh, won their place in the side, even, um, you know, you might say Dale and obviously he's a starting player, but it, had he not recovered his sufficiently, then there would have been perhaps a, um, a Tui Kamakamika or somebody in the side, or yeah. probably Tommy Eisenhuth uh, would go to that spot. So you just know that there is an element of luck involved with when you get injured and what period of the season that injury yeah. takes you out. And that would probably be the Momorovsky bad luck story. And, and credit to Brinko Lee. The spot opened up for him, and, and he made sure he didn't get dropped. So that's the good problem to have. When injuries yeah. decimate you, it gives guys a chance to prove their worth and it makes sure that they're always uh, trying to prove their worth. And I, I certainly hope that the club is making sure the whole squad feels like that premiership belongs to the to all of them. You know, And those would be the guys who had big roles like Riley Jacks who actually had to play in uh, – I can't remember which of the two Roosters games he had to start at 5'8". I think it was actually the first one um, where uh... we were – I can't remember right. off the top.
1: You might be right. Um, fun fact about Riley Jacks. Do you know he's a Canadian
0: international? I did know that. Yeah, I did. I, it's, it's, I
1: only found that out this week. He played one game for Canada, I think, in 2015 or something.
0: It's a, he's a remarkable story. As a, as a guys like Kamakamiku, uh, Momorowski, um, Eisenhuth, all the guys we've talked about, deserve to be premiership players. Unlucky not to have it, but should be absolutely honoured and respected as part of the team that made it to that grand final. We got to the big dance because the whole squad pitched in. Now, we had Cooper Johns have a couple of starts at halfback. Uh, uh, um, uh, Schoenig, Darren Schoenig as well. Um, what a what a um, uh, revelation he looked like. You know, you could have uh, been forgiven for thinking he was going to be a, a crucial part of this squad. Yeah. Nevertheless, mate, I've uh, gone off from a, a bit of a tangent there, and what we need to talk about is the remarkable performance that the 18 guys well, put in on Sunday night.
1: Can I just start? Yeah, I was about to say, let's start reviewing the game, but I want to just review the pre-match build-up, and... Maybe it's just because I was paying more attention this year, you know, being in lockdown, sitting at home. Usually if you're working, you, you know, you pay a little bit of attention to what the media is saying and whatnot. But I can't remember ever such a blatant bias, Melbourne attack. Like even on the day of the grand final, um, there was an article on Fox. I believe it was Fox League saying Alex McKinnon forgives Cam Smith. If he gave him like three years ago. Um, you know, the 25 reasons to hate Melbourne Storm. It's just like you couldn't have had a more blatant, um, you know, attack towards Melbourne. The thing about Melbourne too is like Melbourne Storm doesn't really dominate the media down here. So it's, it's you know, if you keep copying it to the Broncos, you're going to have a lot of Queensland back backing them up. We don't really have the same firepower down here in Melbourne. And then um, And then obviously even just watching the grand final day coverage, who did channel nine have on they had uh, craig gower they had ryan girdler they had liz alice um introduced <laughs> as australian former australian netball captain and panthers fanatic they did this whole piece where they went to penrith and filmed the fans and did interviews and all this was it really that hard to contact your melbourne office pick up the phone hey maybe could you con- you know you know interview some melbourne storm fans or something like it was it was absolutely ridiculous and then I mean, we don't really need to talk about the Gus Gould commentary, do we? I think everyone. Everybody knows what fast that was. So it was a really frustrating build-up, but it made the win that much more sweeter. Like really, just sticking it up Sydney, sticking it up New South Wales, and um, yeah, but that's that's. I just wanted to get that off my chest because it was a really frustrating.
0: No, you're right. It was farcical, and just to add to that, you're right. The last. Three, at least the last three Melbourne uh, Storm Grand Finals that we've been in, I've, I've been there and uh, probably haven't actually absorbed as much of the pre-day, pre-game coverage because I've just been surrounding myself by Melbourne Storm people getting excited. So that was, diff- that was the big difference this time. It's probably the first time in a Storm Grand Final I've really watched the coverage. And I remember thinking when the NRLW Grand Final was on, um, and I think uh, they, or rather just before it, they had segments where I thought, oh, this is where they're doing the Penrith segment. And uh, they kept coming back out of the break with those uh, adoring interviews with Penrith fans and the fawning stories. And we just never got to the Melbourne Storm segment. And I thought, that's very they interesting. They had Billy Slater on
1: once or twice. Mm. To, to yeah, give. it's
0: interesting. <laughs> they, they could manage to get a guy who works for their network. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. geez, that, how hard was that? And he's not there in, in a Storm-supporting capacity. I mean, we know he is a Storm legend. And, you know, as is Cooper Cronk, although yeah, well, he works for Fox. He's an analyst. Exactly. So Fox. not quite the same, is it? It's not like they were getting um, ex-retired Melbourne Storm legends who, who still feel fondly about the club. Uh, they weren't, you know, calling people like uh, Glenn Lazarus and saying, hey, you know, talk about your time at the Storm when it started. Because that's an interesting story. Rugby league yeah. legend uh, who was part of, you know, of our early days, of our early successes. No, nah, we'll, um, we'll just keep carrying on about Penrith. Thank we were, know, like, we but... were like Iceland in the Mighty Ducks, just this strange
1: foreign team nobody knew anything about, nobody wanted to know anything about, and we were the villains. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. let's talk about the game. What did you think dubs are obviously...
0: Well, mate, you and I we'll talked about it last we week, and yeah. my big thing was don't start slow. do Not not in a game like this. Uh, in, with the exception of 99, where we um, okay, where comebacks were the theme of that final series. The grand finals, we have won uh, 07, 09, 12, and uh, 17. We've, all, like, we've had the jump in all of them. Even the ones that finished fairly close, like 9 and, and 12, we got off to the start and were able to protect the lead. Uh, And obviously in 07, we blew um, Manly away a bit and they never found a way back in. In 17, the Cowboys, uh, all we had to do was put them on the back foot early and we're always going to beat them. They'd were, they come from the bottom of the eight. So my big thing was don't start slow. Don't get stuck in a tit-for-tat. Basically, I didn't want the situation like that classic Roosters game, as amazing as that was, I didn't want to be stuck in that situation where it would come down to, you know, a key moment, a, a, yeah. a, an inches, a game of inches where your you drop goal goes through the post with a few seconds left. I didn't want that. So I was delighted when Justin Olam got that first try. I must admit, um, my first look, I thought, oh, no, it's, um, it's come up short. And then when they were having a look and deciding uh, whether it was going to be a penalty try, um, I thought completely clear, simple decision to pay that a penalty try. Yeah. Uh, and I will be fair with my assessment in the refs. So if anyone who's a Penrith fan is getting angry, hang on, I'll give I'll give my as fair assessment as I can. But that's what the rule was brought in for. It was the Billy Slater rule. So happy for anyone to say, but you know, you guys used to do that. Yeah, we did. And then the rule was was legal. When it, when it was, it was legal. Yeah, we didn't do it afterwards. It's, it's so, like
1: it's like having to go at Tommy rodonicus for calling cattle dog and
0: like, <laughs> that was the game back then. You know? That was the game back then. So you know, Billy <laughs> Slater used to do it yeah, and then they changed the rules. Okay, cool. Um, so no one can do it anymore. That's fine, but that's not new. That's that's not exactly a brand new rule. And if you look at the replay, it was quite clear that he led yeah. with the league and then stuck his left leg out to uh to dislodge it, and Olin would have otherwise scored a try. So penalty try. I I would thought, well, that's well, a bit of luck, but it's you know we we would have had the try otherwise in the corner we just got the extra two points guaranteed because of that uh, and well done by Ado he didn't um, have an enormous amount to do in the game Ado not like his usual firepower but uh, a very clever little back uh, pass back into Oldham who capped off a brilliant season with a grand final try so yeah perfect start followed by two of the smartest take the twos I've ever seen and we've been aiming out for it for years dubs take the two we always take a tap we always end up losing by two points i know i know and look it's funny because it's something that if you and i'm not sorry i'm not trying to turn this into a a cross-code analysis union players that's one thing they do well they uh they take points when they're on offer Uh, for some reason in in rugby league games it tends to be something that is is saved more for crucial moments or for pressure games like this. Actually, so original grand finals.
1: Think about this, Dubs. If we didn't take those two penalties, and assuming we didn't score, we would have been up 22-16 when Nathan Cleary crossed
0: in the 79th minute. Mm-hmm. So take the two.
1: Always take the two. You know,
0: Always so. take the two. And it would yeah. have been just you just have to take those points because suddenly you're eight points and then uh ten points. And one thing Phil Gould did have right is that if you look at that period between Olam's try, which I'm just looking at the stats, was the third minute and Vunavalu's try, which opened the lead up in the 30th minute in that 25 or 27 minute spell, yeah, Petrith actually were on top. Uh, there's,
1: there's no there's round round that.
0: I agree with you there, but they couldn't... I'm not defending his analysis. What I'm saying is the game was very much uh, in the balance and we were, uh, we were needing to be incredibly tight defensively. So the fact that we got those two penalty goals, which were I'm just looking at the stats again here 22 26. So, in rapid succession, we're actually in the middle of a sustained period of Penrith pressure. Yeah. So, that is why it's such a huge psychological win. Because even at 30 minutes, when we're up 10 um, nil, Penrith are thinking, geez, we've thrown everything at them and we're effectively two tries down. Also, that came g- coming in there just to hurt them even more was the uh, the disallowed try they had. Um, yeah. That, which, again, correct decision. To the letter of law,
1: it was the correct decision. To the letter
0: of law, correct decision. I will come back to why uh, not everything went our way either. And uh, but anyway, Penrith fans, I'm not being one-eyed here. At least I'm not trying to. So Vunavalu crosses. Well, okay, well, get stuff, Penrith. I hate you. No, I'm kidding. I'm actually. Anyway, continue. Anyway, Vun by the time uh, Vunavalu scores in the 30th, that's a massive moment. And can I I... can
1: I just stop you there? Please do. I'm reading an article. Go on. No, no, just about Sulish try. He he was saying that this was his last game. I read this in an article and. He's going to just put everything on the line, put his body on the line. He said that normally he wouldn't have – he would have just not taken the risk. He would have normally um, just let the defender catch it and then he can come in and smash the – sorry, let the attacker catch it and he can smash the attacker. But he took a risk and what a risk to take. But um, just absolute amazing bit of athleticism, the best try I think he's ever scored at the most critical moment. For me, that was the turning point.
0: Because, oh, okay.
1: right, we, we were we were on the back foot. We were on the back foot until he uh, got that
0: try. What, what makes it so remarkable is that it's easy to uh, to bag Cleary. And, yeah, Cleary's going to have to live with the fact that he threw the Hail Mary pass, which, if oh. I'm being honest, I thought was a crazy decision given the stage of the game. Can I stop uh, you there as well? Cleary actually said in an interview after
1: the game that he doesn't – he would have thrown that pass again. He just doesn't think he executed it the way he needed to throw it. So he thought the idea was – and. To, to his, um, you know, I probably agree with him there. We were, like, Sully's known to rush in, you know. That's hmm. that big play. If he misses it, parents score on the corner. So
0: No, I do agree with yeah. you there. And what I was going to say is that, yes, I, I don't think it was the right I'll disagree with him on that, whatever. He's a, he's a bloody captain of a grand final side, so he knows more than I do. Yeah. Even so, I thought it was far too early to pull the trigger on a big one like that because, yes, if the ball is taken cleanly and Sully's up in the line, they score. It's only it's 10-4 or 10-6. And, and, I, you know, you'd say, what a brilliant move. He read the play okay. Brento Lee, I think, had come up into the line. And he probably read that and said, yep, I'm going to go for my players out wide. When is not Mr. You know, super Defender. Yeah, we all know that. That's not Sully's role. So for Sully, A, fantastic read and anticipation. B, the take was beautiful and clean. That in itself was pleasing enough just to have been able to, to stop that set going towards the corner and a saver. The fact that he his ability to spring up and his acceleration, he got up off the ground, and yes, the, his opponents were t- had to turn, but he sprung up off the ground and managed to outpace yeah. everybody. That was unbelievable. And he
1: had to brush off Mansour as well. So he gets up, he starts running, Josh Mansour's coming in for the tackle.
0: He's able to brush him off.
1: And just, then he puts on the afterburners. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Incredible. Incredible. The, the, we know he's fast. We know he's athletic. But he combined, he showed awareness. He showed speed. He showed acceleration. And he showed uh, agility too. I just, to me, that it was the moment uh, of the match. And I remember what, at the time thinking the stage of the game, the fact they'd had a try this out in the corner, the fact they'd had a, a potential try-scoring pass picked off and it was a 12-point play or at least a 10-point play. Um to me, that was when I started to feel like it could be yeah. our night. And right. then almost icing on the cake. I just wanted to get to the end of the uh, the half. And then, of course, icing on the cake is Cam Smith gets a little bit of luck, but perfectly legal thing uh, that happened. The ball was knocked out of his hands in what I'm assuming was a moment of desperation, possibly to try and force a penalty. So Smithy would kick and take the, two and the half break rather than have a yeah. try. But it ended up just by sheer luck uh, or good fortune, bouncing straight backwards out of his hands. He was able to pick up cleanly and ground him for six points. So. I felt at halftime we were 90% of the way there, come back out. Uh, instead of them getting on the front foot, Papa has a runaway try. Uh, and then I'm starting to think, well, this is going to be our night. Uh, but I also knew that they were coming. I think you and I said at the time, uh, more, I, I think I said, I'll, I'll be happy when you know there's 10 minutes on the clock and there's a four-try buffer. Yeah, I, I called it too early because
1: especially <laughs> we're 26-0 up and they started doing giving away stupid penalties and – it looked for about a five-minute period where they'd given up, but to Penrith's credit, um, that was an amazing fight back. I don't think any other club would have actually kept digging like
0: they did. So no, and yeah, and they did. And here's where I'm still not happy. I'm still angry. Their first try oh. was an open and shut no try, and it was called on field. It was called no try uh, obstruction or um, running the kicker uh, having. A teammate running in front of him so obviously we don't have the vision in front of us here but we know you are not allowed to have a player come in that there. there's a yeah, blocker yeah, for you when you're kicking this is not a new bizarre rule. decision and then there's the thing and you say okay well it, you know it's not exactly it's not a, a traditional obstruction in the sense you don't go and run into an opponent but otherwise you just have players would naturally use a shield uh, of a player in front of them every time if, if that is somehow not interpreted as being uh, a disadvantage to the defensive side, then that, that's just bizarre. Not only that, but the referee's call on field was that it had been, and therefore it was no try. So he just wanted to confirm with the video ref that his viewing of it was correct, which it was. The video ref overruled him and said, no, I think despite the fact that the player literally runs in front of a kicker, yeah. two metres in front of him between does the kicker it, and the shepherd
1: or a screen if, if you're
0: it's playing basketball? A, it was a screen, he was shielding. And it's so, like, okay, well, gee, that's a bit rough, but that's the legit exact rule and this is going to be a no try and then it wasn't and I cannot get over that because if that is ruled as a no try correctly they they drop their heads and they go well that's it it's not our night but instead it was ruled as a try for reasons I don't understand just, just before the note that that try though
1: Sully had that golden opportunity to did. really kill I, I felt the two turning points were both around Sully both in the positive and negative um, but yeah but you're right, that, that should have never been a try. Um, but in saying that, I don't think we ever should have let them get that close. I think we panicked in those last five, 10 minutes. But yeah. And
0: then what's even worse is you look at after that, we kind of keep our heads for 15 minutes. So they get that try and they're, they're sort of in with a vague shout. They're still effectively a four try, larger behind. Here's, what, here's the part that's annoying. Crichton's try was in the 68th minute. Uh, Mansell's try was in the 71st minute and just seconds before that. And here's one where I'll say that, you know, people thought it was harsh and it's a little bit harsh, but unfortunately for Jerome Hughes, he didn't execute his attempt to screen or to protect the player correctly. He appeared to stagger a little bit. And uh, if we're being clear that, um, you know, their try earlier was ruled out for obstruction. Well, this is the same thing. And, and effectively he was stopping a player running in a try scoring. attempt. Well, so
1: I didn't think he didn't. Usually when a player is obstructing, they'll have an eye on the, Like, I mean, again, he's he's moved off his line. Moved off his line. the letter of the law, it's there, but he wasn't even looking at the player. He just sort of staggered, stopped,
0: and then... I think, look, I agree. I think it was harsh, but at the same time, if they hadn't paid that, then Penrith would be within their rights. and Hang on, we're getting letter of the law decisions go against us with that first penalty drive and our try ruled out for obstruction. Surely we can see that um, Jerome Hughes... I think the thing is, Hughes just didn't disguise it well enough. He could have kept moving in a slow forward motion, and he still would have been able to shield. His, he probably could have just stood still and put his hands up, and or yeah. just not done anything, or just kept jogging back. It was it was the sign of somebody who was not thinking clearly, he was too conscious of uh, the player running behind him. And look, it would have been better off if they just scored and we kept the the, uh, the thirteen men on the park. So, and because it was after the seventy minute mark, we thought, great. So here they are coming back. They're going to get it back to ten points here, and we're a man short. And that's when. I thought we played four or five pretty good minutes. Uh, we got a couple. We got the hands on the ball a couple of times, and, and that's just good. Brinko
1: almost crossed as well. Later. Brinko
0: did nearly cross, and, uh, and then the part that was really frustrating, I think, it was a forward pass given away. Smith to Panukin, off the top of my head, uh, down yeah, yeah. with about two and a half minutes to go. They get a six, set of six going forward. They get a repeat set. Um,
1: Cheese th- getting sent off—that was pretty.
0: Silly. That was after. The, the annoying thing about that is that was after they they forced a drop out. Fine, okay, cool. We'll, we'll absorb the set. I think it was a minute fifteen seconds left for them to get ten points when they forced the drop out. I thought all we got to do is absorb one set, and then cheese gets himself sent off needlessly because there's I think there's twenty seconds left or something at that yeah.
1: point. Yeah, and okay, hold him down, but you know, after, after the, the, the ref's not stupid. Like he realizes, okay, give him a penalty. Doesn't mean.
0: Anyway, it's cheese uh, so who we love dearly, but it was a bit of a brain melt there. He would have been he would have been better off just to bounce straight up, get back in the line. If they like they, they scored on that set eventually anyway, even if they'd scored on that set without that, all we need to do is cleanly execute one more tackle, which we probably would have done with an extra defender <laughs> rather than being too short. And they wouldn't have had time after after the Hooter anyway. The Hooter would have yeah. gone and it would have been over. So easy for me to say in hindsight, but geez, cheese, you're baffling. Anyway, credit to Cleary, it was um, a pretty decent try that he actually scored there. Yeah, I thought that was soft. We shouldn't have let that in, but you know, at, at the today
1: it doesn't matter if you win by one or by fifty. It's it's, it's a great one. the
0: same result. So, and look, here's here's a way to look at it. Uh, we got out to a twenty-six to nil lead, um, and that's what we said we needed to do. And it doesn't matter if, got to, if they got if if they'd scored another one and, and missed the conversion. If They'd scored another one, scored the conversion. We'd won in golden point. We'd still have won. The reality is we put too much for them to come back to. And yeah. that's just incredibly uh, heartening because this was a team, we didn't apparently didn't have a second gear. Well, we actually started in that extra gear oh, uh, that Gus Gordon really said we didn't classic.
1: have. So. Oh, that, that's as good as it gets after our win against Parramatta, Gus. And, you know, again, I'm just ranting here, just... Listen, I've got a lot of respect for Gus. He's basically—I still remember that interview where he went into bat for us against David Gallup saying, "You know, you've punished Melbourne for bringing up all these players." Blah blah blah. I'll never forget that. All right. So, but the frustrating thing with this Gus Gould is he walks around like he's the absolute expert of everything. He's allowed him to say whatever he wants. You know, you know, after you know the famous after what's famous now in that in I don't know, guys, if you if our I think I sent it to you, that, that little promo video when the finals were saying it, United. You know, you've got Gus Gould saying, oh, you know, I think that's it for Melbourne. I don't think they're even a top four team. I actually went and watched that video. The video is titled, is Melbourne a top eight side this year? It was after our first game back after the break where we lost the camera by about 10 points. Um, and so you get these experts, so-called experts, like Gus Gould, they can just completely make these comments be completely wrong, be completely biased, yet what consequences do they have? Like, if, if you know, they're experts, they're paid to give an accurate opinion, right? You know, if Christian Wells, Welch isn't he doing his job, he's, he's, he gets off the bench, he gets sacked. If me and you don't do our job properly... Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's no accountability to these, you know, the Paul Kent's, the Gus Gould's of the world. I mean, to be honest, I think um, I watched NRL 360 the other night um, and Kent and Hooper did praise us a lot. Um, Buzz Rothfield was great. He was he was in our corner, batting for us. Yeah, there was a moment where he said something like to Hooper. Uh, James Hooper was like, "Well, you don't. It's just because you don't like the Melbourne Storm. You don't like the Melbourne Storm, do you?" He's like, "No, I don't." So he just blatantly. Um, at least he's honest. Yeah, at least he's honest. And you know, then Hooper talked about the banter, you know, between him and the Storm. And I was
0: like, "Mate, it's not banter, mate. We just." don't like
1: you yeah so anyway it's, that's just yeah i see listeners and viewers are very frustrated but otherwise it, it was it was a fantastic week um and yeah and great to see i think eight of our players have been picked for origin and i think Incredible, really i said i said to you on the night i think this is the first time like state of origin first few years i used to sort of back new south wales because if you remember you know you had your glenn lazarus brett camoli rodney Howes, Ross, Hall, for a while yeah, we didn't. We didn't have any. I can't remember who our first Queensland representative was. Christian. Um, that is a good question. But then you know then we had I all of them. Watch, <laughs> sorry. Then we had all of them. Then we have all of them exactly. We have the core of Queensland. And so I've always sort of watched um, uh, what state of origin is the neutral. This year, I think I'm actually going to be supporting Queensland for the first time. Uh, I guess I had it up to had it up to here, Dubs. But um, just want it, you just want Gus Gould, devil worse year. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Uh,
0: yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that, I think that uh, pretty much sums up the grand final, Dubs. So yeah, I I, I thank you, listeners, for um, permitting me that deep dive. But this was one game where it's worth going through the minutiae of it and reliving those moments because you you talk about um, a game of inches and and a game of of crucial little moments. This a grand final more than anything magnifies those, and I think it really is worth drilling down. Uh, and looking at those very carefully. And I really think that if you just looking at some of the wise choices, we made those two penalty kicks that we took in the 20, uh, 22nd and 26th minute marks, look back on those and think we were building a lead against Penrith's best offensive efforts in the first half and, and real uh, territorial dominance for about a 10 or 15 minute period where we yeah. stuck firm at the back and turned their best attack into uh, points yeah. for us. So, I, and that's the final thing that's annoying me because you can actually see that if Gus Gould actually could articulate his point properly, he, there was something valid in there and that Penrith actually did have a period of, of game where they dominated possession and territory, but they didn't score. Okay, cool. Say it like that, Gus. Don't say Melbourne's lucky. Don't say luck spin against the Panthers. No, Melbourne Storm's outstanding defence and their uh, wise decision-making Dang. and being a bit canny. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of luck sometimes. It all was- bounces one way or another, but goodness me. You sort of made it out like it's some the, the bad fortunes robbed Penrith, as, as if uh, as if Melbourne still haven't built themselves as an amazing defensive team.
1: And there was nothing – okay, yeah, you can say there's – I mean, I'll, I say you may make your own luck. Um, but, you know, there's nothing lucky about the fact that Penrith were going into the sheds with a zero next to their name. Like, that, that was our best defensive performance. That first 40 minutes was our best defensive effort all year. And that's
0: basically what won it for us. I think, just look at there. the tackle count on Christian Welch and Nelson Asopa solomona If you don't believe that, yeah. just look at the tackle count. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway mate, I yeah. I have we've uh, you know taken enough of our uh, valuable listeners' time and energy on that right. one. Let's move on to more fun topics because it's come to the stage of the year where we can look back at some awards and look at the both the official ones and the uh, the graveyard shift officially approved awards as well. So. Uh, Daly M was last week. The Melbourne Storms Player of the Year Awards night was last night. We can reflect a little bit on that. And I believe, yep. Michael, you've got a few uh, special awards from us here at the Graveyard Shift. Yeah. It.
1: So so the reason why, usually we film this on a Tuesday night because that's when the team sheets would come out. But I, we decided to push this back one day because I wanted to watch the Melbourne Storm Awards. And I thought, Mike, is a bit of a talking point. But Cam Smith, <laughs> surprise, surprise, has won the Storm Player of the Year couple of other interesting ones I thought were um, Olam got most improved this is off the top of my head I haven't written this down yep um, the cheese got bored of the year um, which is awesome interesting he started tearing up almost started tearing up a bit when he started thanking his uh, girlfriend so never sent bit of a sensitive side to the cheese and I heard I heard as well he's made one of those plays that str- struggled a little bit more than others um, with this whole isolation thing party animal like that being caged <laughs> in a twin resort I could imagine. Uh, would struggle with that. Um, trying to think who else. Um, Pattenhausen uh, won try of the Year, won the Back of the Year.
0: He won um, the Fans Player of the Year, the Members Player of the Year as well.
1: Yes, yep. Um, Tino won the rookie. Um, rookie of the Year. Yep. Um, and Isaac Lume Lume, Lume won Lume. the... Uh, the, the Krong Feeder Player of the Year. Feeder Player of the Year, thank you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, all deserving winners. Um, but I feel they've missed some... Uh, Important awards dubs. So I've come up with some Graveyard Shift Awards
0: for Season 2020. And with your help, listeners and viewers, we can lobby the club to make these official awards in the future because I think when you hear this, you'll agree that these are – it yeah. is a criminal they These have been overlooked by the club and even the NRL more broadly. So, Paul, oh man, tell me, what are the Graveyard Shift Official Awards for 100%. Season 2020? Well,
1: the first award is um, – hang on. i'm, I'm going to get some media up, so this is going to struggle – the uh, first award is um, going to – well, I'm not telling you who it's going to. It's for the best beard of the year. So, obviously, we had a little section earlier in the year, Famous Storm Beard. So, I think it's only fitting we award the best beard of the year. And
0: um, Beards were quite a thing in isolation in Victoria in 2020. Yeah, they definitely were. So, again, I'm struggling with the media. That so is all right. right. So, Please. just a bit of, a bit of background. So and my th- Here we go.
1: There we go. None other than, than – Cameron Smith congratulations Cameron, Smith. Cameron.
0: I'm so, sure that I, sorry that's a fine effort by Cameron Smith coming out of isolation there he did trim it down a little bit more there but I've got to say I, I backed him with that big beard and um, and yeah. I'd like to see some perhaps some form of that return to the future yep and
1: um, I thought uh, a honorable mention to Brenko Lee so that's a picture of Brenko right there. Fiery looking that is a pretty beard there that is a pretty good beard but we have to give it to the captain there all right, the next award goes to, um, this is the worst bike shorts of the year. So, you know, really some, cool. sometimes the players wear some bike shorts. So mm-hmm. this one goes to two players. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that one. Here we go. It goes to Nelson Asafa Sulamuna and Suliasi Vunvalu, both sporting these horrendous pink
0: bike shorts. It just t- It's the sort of thing that's out of an 80s uh, music video clip or perhaps some one of those like aerobics workout videos. And when you put it on the likes of Nelson and uh, Sully, it just looks all wrong. So that's a bit disappointing, guys. Love yeah, you both fantastic pink. players, but yeah, you're not going you know, to really go with the purple for me. Unless, well. you are, unless you are Brett the Hitman heart, you should not be wearing any kind of pur- uh, pink liker or pink stretch pants of any, any description. So, yeah, let's. Uh,
1: now, the next, yeah, the next award is the, at the end of the day, Craig Bellamy moment of the year. Now, he had some big moments. Obviously, he had Flipping the Bird. Um, to Cameron Smith after he broke his try scoring record um, what was the what was the other one i had on top of my head that I can't uh, was it remember? the burger
0: dripping down the front of his uh, <laughs> That was <laughs> a good one
1: um, oh yeah, f- fixing the tyre but i've given it i'm yes. going to announce this award via a video meme by uh, thanks to roasted rugby league so here we go from the grand final
0: there is Ian
1: Cleary Hang on, let me share computer
0: screen. given him one. If you are Cameron Smith on the restart, surely you have just lob it, just dab it 15 metres from the halfway.
1: Alright, I think everyone else knows how that finishes. So uh, that's one of my favourite memes
0: the uh, dancing Ghanaian ball bearers. They are fantastic, um, those guys, and they have been beautifully memed this season. That poor chair at the back of the box. And yeah, he, so there we go. There's a still. I don't yeah. know, just, just a side note there. Bellyache has a fairly decent physique still. He's got his leg nice and high. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The high production values here on the Graveyard Shift, ladies and gentlemen. Apologies, there oh, with our studio being here. Uh, there we the go. Yeah,
1: that, that was a
0: Craig Bellamy moment of the year, so
1: that obviously goes to Craig Bellamy every year, but uh, anyway... That's-
0: to be honest, that just epitomizes Craig Bellamy I and epitomizes how we all felt. And what I love about him as a coach is his getting up his sort of compulsive stand-up walk to the back of the box and clear his head is actually what we're all doing as fans. So sometimes oh. Bellyache Bellamy is actually just uh, the epitome of um, a rugby league fan, of a sports fan being frustrated. I
1: love I'll it. I keep plenty of chairs in stadiums, so I-, I can feel them. I think eventually when Bellamy does move on, we-, we need to keep this award and award it to whoever the coach is, your best Craig Bellamy moment of the year. So, all right, we had the bike shorts. So the next one is the best try celebration of the year. And it goes to, again, Nelson Asofa Solomon, and Suliasi Vunavalu. Obviously, the two moments where, and I apologise to many players if they did this and we didn't make notes, but when they're you know, pointing out the V or the heart on the on the V. So, uh, you know, a bit more serious point I'm making here is, you know, we, for me, the team having the V on their chest meant so much to me personally. And I think it meant so much to the um, fans as well um, back here in Victoria. So, yeah. and have those two players make a point of it after scoring, I think was... Um, Awesome. Um, Sully is probably my favourite player. I took a photo with him at the end of the 2017 grand final at the airport. Um, Really nice guy and, yeah, really going to miss him. And, yeah, Nelson,
0: he's just a legend. Nelson's Nelson. We love him.
1: Yeah. Uh, The next one, the best electrical tape around the head award goes to Christian Welch. Congratulations, Christian.
0: Welch, that's beautiful.
1: Missed out on the forward of the year, but I'm sure this more than makes up for it. Um, you know, Dale Finucane was the other big, big uh, nomination, but Finucane was a bit inconsistent. Sometimes he'd wear it, sometimes he wouldn't. I felt Welch was a lot, lot more consistent with his uh, electrical tape this year. So congratulations. What, what I know. like about
0: Welch is when you look at someone like big Dale Finucane, uh, I mean this in the nicest possible way, the electrical tape around his noggin doesn't necessarily detract from it in the sense that he uh, has a more substantially weathered head than Welchie does. Welchie looks a bit more sort of clean-cut, crowby and Finch-type yeah. catalogue uh, bloke, so he gets a nice contrast when he's got the electrical tape around his head. Yeah, Phil Finucane's years have already gone. Like, they've gone totally for I don't think he's Yeah, Dale, Dale has had many years of sticking his head between other bloke's thighs. Yes.
1: Okay. And the next award, the best face slam of the year, I think none other than Josh Adokar after scoring yeah. against, the, I think it was the Warriors that night. Ladies um, and gentlemen, that is an elite athlete in action. Yep, look at that. That is the best facelang. Now, the best mullet of the year. This, this is, this is I think, the Blue Ribbon Award. So there's a lot of lot of uh, good good mullets this year, a lot of crazy haircuts, but it goes to Darren Shurney. Congratulations, it had to
0: be. Darren. It had to be. That is beautiful. That, that's reminiscent. Yeah. That's the kind of guy you find in a country league somewhere playing, the local superstar in the country league who scores a dozen tries every week and is famous yeah. and never has to buy a beer at the pub
1: exactly as darren shuney congratulations darren now this next award's a little bit unique um it's the best high school sideburns award now don't ask me why but i was well i was looking for pictures of Brenko lee for other reasons but there you go it's Brenko lee check out that he's i think he's 15 or 16 in that photo incredible
0: first so of all he looks good. about looks 35 in that photo alone that's uh clearly is uh he's a bit rough there but anyway uh that, that is remarkable uh what doesn't work is that he's got the the, uh, the tie-in jumper on, so he doesn't look like the quintessential nice private school kid there, but certainly dressed like it. It's a bit of yes. a mismatch. All
1: right, the next one goes to the Random, random Mediocre Fallen Club Jersey Award. So this is for anyone that's been spotted wearing a Fallen Mediocre Club jersey. Now, there was that South Queensland jersey at the uh, prelim against the Raiders, but the winners, it's a three-way winner. These three guys, I don't know who they Beautiful. are. Someone sent me this. I think I think uh, Jesse sent me this photo, our, our friend. So you've got the Crushers. You've got the Gold Coast Giants sponsored by the Seagulls. <laughs> and you've got the uh, Western Reds, three of them, at the grand final last week. Congratulations, gentlemen. Um, it's a beautiful yes. moment. That is a beautiful moment. Now, the next one. The Sharpshooter Award for the player most likely to succeed in Olympic shooting. It goes to Josh Adokal. He gets
0: bonus points if he doesn't wear a shirt when he does it.
1: Yes. So, you know, I think once he retires from rugby league, there could be some Olympic shooting uh, medals to be won there for Josh. Now the final award, the media award for the best interview of the year. I think we know what this is. It's Brandon. Uh, Yeah. After the grand final, if you haven't watched it, ladies and gentlemen, just get off this,
0: turn the podcast off or video and just go watch this interview um it says something that if yeah. you type into Google, if you get as far as B R A, you'll probably get Brandon Smith interview appearing pretty quickly. It is beautiful. It is just, I mean, he doesn't just drop one funny gag in there. It's just a whole string of ridiculousness yeah. that they, I, I, I feel sorry for whoever does their media training at the storm because you just look at Brandon and go, oh my well, god, well, what am I going to tell? You? You're not going to listen anyway.
1: Well, that's the beautiful thing about Brandon. He's he's not one of those typical, yeah, full coach of the boys, uh, you know, we're just gonna take it one week. He just says what he wants. Has a laugh, Basically, that he was know. going to get
0: Christian Welch too drunk to play Origin. That was. Yes.
1: Uh, oh, that was one. <laughs> now, I like the part about, oh, you know, Belly gets paid uh, a, a <laughs> lot. To do nothing.
0: Dissol. Smithy coaches the team, whatever he said. So, this uh, is a bloke who got himself sent off with a few seconds to go and was really supposed <laughs> to getting uh, bludgeoned unconscious by Belly ache or chased out of Sydney by him. So, well, he, the first thing, at least the first thing he says in the interview is, oh, I play pretty shit
1: tonight, yeah. but at least we won or whatever he said. So, Brandon Smith, if you're watching, never change, please. Um, Please don't. And and Melbourne Storm Media Manager, don't make Brandon change. We want to keep him authentic. Authentic cheese. We don't want any fake cheese. All right, Dub, so that ends the award. So congratulations to our award winners. Your, uh, Your prizes are in the mail, maybe. I don't know. Australia Post is pretty slow these days.
0: Yeah, blame them if nothing comes.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's finish off with some memes just to keep the tradition rolling. There was a lot of memes this week. I had to uh cut out a lot of them. Yeah. We'll
0: never get to them all in a grand final week. No. And you could look, have had I a just, Brandon Smith meme section.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of key sort of focuses. Now this was my meme. I, I just I've I been mean, meaning to make this meme all season. It's got nothing to do with the grand final, but the original Crusher tackle. Just well, so. I just love that you've got a Crusher crushing a stealer. <laughs> the There's a lot
0: the... of very masculine masculine sort of machismo in there, isn't there? There's uh, <laughs> a lot of brutality. Forex gold. All right, let's get let's into the... Uh,
1: now, this wasn't a meme. This was, I think, in a newspaper. So you, now I'll, I'll try to describe these for people listening in. So for the grand final, I brought in... So, you know, uh, Ivan Cleary addressing the boys for the grand final. I brought in a special showing out melbourne Melbourne. You got uh, big ears. Dan Andrews there in the background. I thought this was quite clever. This obviously that is
0: obviously that, that that is a good sharp political satire mixed with a bit of rugby league. Love it. Yeah. Look at look at Nathan Cleary's chin too. That's great. Cleary's chin is rather pronounced, uh, almost as pronounced as Ivan's eyebrows. Yes. And Dan's ears. Between them, they've got a very uh, prominent face. Yes. All right. Next one. Uh, this was this was a tweet by Tim
1: Mitchell. So it's 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 a photo of quarter time when the. Uh, and Bombers are up 94 points to one against the Gold Coast Sun and Gus Gould. The Suns are on top here. So that's yep. that was about that summed up the, the commentary. Now the Gus Gould one, Homer. I honestly feel the Panthers are on top.
0: No, you don't, Mr. Gould. Nobody does. That's if anyone's wondering the Simpsons reference, that's I can tell the difference between butter and I can't believe it's not butter. No, you can, Mr. Simpson. No, one can <laughs> No, you don't, Mr. Gould. Nobody does. This is yeah. my personal favorite ever. Yeah, this is my favorite this week. It's so it's Marge, you know, 5th, is
1: it 64 slices of American cheese? American cheese. Brandon, have you been up all night being the cheese? I'm so fucking blind, eh?
0: <laughs> it's just beautiful.
1: Yeah. Marge's stern face. All right. Here's uh, another Simpsons one. So it's got Ray Warren commentating, and the Panthers player knocks it on. And then <laughs> the Panthers lose it, lose it, lose it. The, yeah. Got love, to love the Simpsons. Um,
0: so many we'll, good Simpsons memes.
1: Yeah. Um, this isn't a meme. This is just, I'm sure most Storm fans have seen this. Brandon Smith's, uh, I don't know, Snapchat. I don't know, I'm hopeful Snapchat. Or that, is, that
0: is uh, an Instagram story, I believe. Oh, man. Instagram you're, story. Uh, you're a podcast, so you've
1: got to be up with technology. Yeah. So there you go. It's uh, sending a message. uh, Number 26 hoops, your little baldy. Well, I do take offense. He's calling him a baldy, but that's all right.
0: I was going to say as part of the shaved head community, perhaps you could uh, have a word with Brandon about sensitivity, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie, mate. I just, I just laugh at little baldy for that. Yeah. Good on him.
1: And obviously there was other photos sent to our James Hooper from the boys throughout the night. So well done. Another Simpsons one, uh, Craig Bellamy. Now, that's Great Northern. We're about to dose Cameron in. So I want to see Goggles people. Oh, my eyes, the Goggles, the goggles do, nothing. do nothing. Yeah, that was a great one. Um, oh, this isn't a meme. This is just a picture of Will Chambers watching the grand final. I think that's, yeah, I think that's where we yeah. won. I'm not sure what point of the game that is, but that's awesome.
0: Uh, I think I, like that, I reckon, yep, looking at the TV screen behind Willie Chambers there, that's Caboose on the ground with the ball and, uh, I can't even tell. There might be Papa next to him celebrating uh, hands in the air. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have always had a soft spot for Will Chambers, always liked Will Chambers. And clearly, um, you know, the 200-plus games he had with us, he still feels a very close connection to the guys. So that's really nice to see. Uh, yeah. Still, it's still very fresh for him and he still very much loves this uh, this club. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Cleary, chin up, little fella. That's a good one. Oh, a bit um, harsh. And nah, maybe I'll step up and say for those of us with uh, more more defined chins, although I don't get anywhere near cleary standards. Uh, maybe we should go a little bit easy on him. No,
1: well, come on. We're having a go at Baldies. We can have a go at
0: chins. All right, so we can have a go at Baldies, big chins, eyebrows and big ears. That's it. Uh,
1: Matt Goss. Don't know who Matt Goss is, but this was a clever tweet. Grandfather not. Gus Gould still thinks the Germans are on top <laughs> in Operation Barbarossa.
0: Well, uh, you know, Stalin had an exceptional defensive line there. Uh, almost as good as the Melbourne Storms. Yep. Yeah. Um, here's another Simpsons one with the Flying Pig. You know, the... Uh, ah, chasing the flying pig as it gets blasted uh, out of the drain pipe.
1: It's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. It's um,
0: good. Uh, what do we got?
1: There's another one, Nathan Cleary. We have to cop this result on the chin. Again, another one.
0: Poor <laughs> on Nathan Cleary. I really don't mind the guy. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of hate for him, but I don't know that this is coming from Melbourne Storm fans. I think this is just people who don't have to go at his chin. But I think it's funny. I've got nothing against Ivan Cleary, but um, I've got nothing against Penrith too, like...
1: They're a team I've always sort of, I guess you could say have a soft spot for. Like I remember in 03 when they played the Roosters, I was so on the Panthers bandwagon. You know, they're you know, a tough working class club out from, you know, Penrith. The, the club means a lot to their community. So I have a lot of respect for that, but um, obviously Melbourne comes first. Um, Harry Grant, can I have some oh. premise Finish your Rookie of the
0: Year or then we'll talk. Now that is clever. Yeah. That's Bart living up in the attic after they find out he's got a conjoined twin Hugo and he gets stuffed up there. Yeah. And that's the memes for the weekend for the year, dubs.
1: So Beautiful pole, man. As, As ever, I, the
0: I am delighted that you have gone trawling through the finest bits of the internet and many, many a subreddit, I'm sure, to find those. So it's it's always a joy to me. I deliberately don't look for any memes because I know that I'm going to uh, get to witness them firsthand. Although I did have the hectic cheese. Uh, 64 slices of hectic cheese, uh, oh. that one in advance, because that was just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man, what can I say? We uh, we started this as two guys in ISO who couldn't uh, get to games, couldn't um, enjoy ourselves, and we were, frankly, a little bit bored when we started. We had a few tough games along the way there. The squad was decimated with injury, but they just kept pushing on and on and on and on and on, and about five, six weeks ago, we realised we might be on to a good thing this year. It's Been an absolute delight doing this graveyard shift with you, and uh, to all our viewers out there, we picked up a few stragglers along the way we hope to find some more next year we'll have a think about our format and find out new and more exciting ways to do it so we want to come back and have another crack we hope you will too yeah. oh man it's been a delight working with you mate hopefully at some point we can actually do this sitting in the same room that'd be nice oh well, we
1: actually could have tonight Dobbs. we actually you could have, have we're within yeah, 5
0: anyway. k and we can have uh people from two different households under the same yeah, roof. Yeah. i think um, um talk to dan andrews he's the uh, defensive expert
1: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to our um, subscribers and listeners. We're slowly growing our – I think each week our videos is getting more and more viewers, so thank you very much. Thanks for guys like Aaron Giles, who was really pumping us last week. So um, thanks to everyone who's spread this with their friends. Keep on spreading. Um, You know, Dubs, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be trying to harass some former players. I'm going to find find you guys on Facebook, and I'm going to see if I can get anyone on for an interview over the off season. Um, so hopefully you will hear it from us during the off season. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, like us, follow us on Twitter. Um, we you know Apple podcasts, Spotify, like subscribe, do all that and share with your friends. So thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks a lot. Dubs. I couldn't have done this without you because you actually have some media training and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but um, yeah. thanks. I have the training because
0: like, like hectic cheese, it doesn't mean I'm any good at it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, thanks a lot, and um, yeah, really looking forward to next year, both doing the podcast and obviously getting back to Amy Park. Like, geez, that's going to be a great first game back if that place isn't sold out. Like, seriously,
0: what we don't we're not worthy, you know. So we want so anyway. much purple there that we uh, we break social distancing, but not really because we don't want COVID to come back. So. Yeah. We want as, much as as many people as we can possibly get in that stadium in purple, cheering the team on. And hopefully at some stage we have enough uh, leeway that the club can organise some kind of premiership celebration somewhere. I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm sure that if that can happen, they will. So yeah. good on your Graveyard Shifters. Uh, we'll be back in 2021, hopefully for a back-to-back. First time, the one thing we haven't managed to do in the Melbourne Storms history, despite our years of success and many grand final bursts. Let's go back-to-back 2021. Yeah, exactly.
1: Let's find all back to back. So, thanks everyone. And yeah, you'll hear from us next time. See you next season.